Hey gal pals, this is the Six Foot Fabulous, Tracy Payne Black, wishing you and yours a safe and happy 4th of July. We promise we have something special in store for you. It does take a little extra time to put something special together, so we appreciate your patience. And in the meantime, in order to get you in the mood for the type of programming we have coming up for you, we bring you a special documentary on my experiences with trap, neuter, return in my neighborhood. It is called The Diary of a Mad Cat Woman, and we hope you enjoy it. Ciao. Or should I say, meow. Cats. They've been our companion animals for 12,000 years. According to the ASPCA, there are 90 million domestic cats in the U.S. and another 90 million feral and stray cats. Here in Arizona, there are an estimated 250,000 free-roaming outdoor cats in Maricopa County alone. When I hear these numbers, I am reminded of what animal rights activist and television host Bob Barker used to tell the audience at the end of every episode of The Price is Right. Here is Bob Barker along with Drew Carey at the end of a special episode celebrating Bob Barker's 90th birthday. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Has there ever been a longer-running PSA on the importance of spaying and neutering than Bob Barker's message? Perhaps the message has fallen by the wayside, because after all, 180 million cats in America didn't happen by themselves. They are a product of our human desire for animal kinship, companionship, loyalty, and unconditional love, as well as the result of human irresponsibility and neglect. And for some people, cats and dogs are simply disposable. So whose responsibility is it to control the pet population when pet owners don't get the message? And what about the 80 million feral cats roaming our communities? Who will stand up and take responsibility for them? This is the story of one woman's emotional quest to control the feral cat population in her neighborhood. I am Tracy Payne Black, and you're listening to The Diary of a Mad Cat Woman. black fluffy cat with no collar begins to loiter on my front porch. My husband and I begin feeding him and name him Graham, short for Kitty Graham, as if he delivered himself to us. Graham is clearly a stray cat because not only does he eventually allow us to pet him, he talks to us in short staccato meows and at times desperately wants to come inside the house. As we continue to feed him through the next several weeks, a second black cat with no identification shows up. This one is bigger, but really thin and has his left ear tipped, which I eventually learn is the universal symbol for a cat who has been trapped, neutered, and returned to the urban jungle, or TNR'd for short. We name him Slim and continue to feed both Graham and Slim on our porch. A few days later, a third black cat shows up with no identification. This one is very petite, so I assume she is female, and name her Treya for 
tres, or three in Spanish. By the end of the month, not only has a fourth black cat shown up, who simply became known as Quattro, but the feeding attracts several of my neighbor's cats to the point that on any given weekday morning, there are up to 10 cats poised in our yard waiting for food. And at this point, my paranoia sets in as I become obsessed with the HOA siding us for feeding the animals. Beginning of May 2018, it's been a week or so since I have seen either Treya or Quattro. I take my dogs on their morning walk only to find Treya lying between two houses nursing four kittens. Three black, one gray. I stare dumbfounded, mainly because she was such a tiny cat to begin with. How could she have been pregnant with four children? It is at this moment that Treya's name becomes permanently changed to Mama. It is also at this moment that I know something needs to be done to curtail this growing population of feral cats in my neighborhood. There's also the feline biology of things to consider. I begin my research into feral cat husbandry, what trap, neuter, and return programs are available, and discovered a few facts. Kittens become sexually active at four months, and cat pregnancy cycles are only 60 days. Studies show that pregnancy is also seasonal, often peaking in March and April, which correlates with the birth of mama's litter. However, a female cat can become pregnant three to four times a year. This means that my timeline, in which seven cats can be sterilized before more are created, mama, four kittens, Graham and Quattro, is not very long. For a humanitarian like myself, lethal means are simply not an option, and research shows it only exacerbates the problem. Trapping a cat and bringing it to a shelter to be euthanized not only increases the already overpopulated shelters, it creates a space in a colony for another cat to move in, which encourages spraying, fighting, and breeding as distressed sexually mature female cats known as queens statistically produce more offspring than those in stable environments. Research also shows that TNR programs have a positive effect on the intake of cats at shelters, reducing the overall shelter population. It turns out that Maricopa County has a program through a nonprofit organization called the Animal Defense League of Arizona, but finding them is a bit of a communication rabbit hole until you know where to look and are officially in the system. A simple Google search for feral cat problems Phoenix will first lead you to the Arizona Humane Society, then the Spay and Neuter Hotline, which works with the Animal Defense League of Arizona to lend out the traps and make the Spay Neuter appointment, all for a simple $25 tax-deductible donation per cat. I sent the Spay and Neuter Hotline an email. Although phone tag became an issue over the next several days, I now had a direct extension in which I could communicate with the same individual each time. The plan was to start with two traps. However, due to my lack of availability to handle this during the weekdays because of work and due to the hotline's lack of availability of traps and Saturday appointments, the first available day was July 7th. Come to find out summer is prime time in Arizona for trapping and overcrowding at the shelters, resulting from all the new kittens born in late spring. But the seven weeks out gives my feral kittens time to grow to the minimum sterilization weight of two pounds. I shouldn't say that. They are not my cats, but I feel compelled to take on this responsibility as it seems no one else will. Seeking assistance from neighbors or the HOA means exposing myself further than a front yard of cats already does. So I remain a lone vigilante and contemplate next steps to remove the cats from my property after they are sterilized. 
we consider making Graham an indoor cat so we can feed him in private and stop outdoor feeding because after all he is clearly an abandoned stray who likes to come inside. But one day, after he shows up with a huge infected bloody gash on his chest, we take him to the vet only to discover that he has FIV, which is even more serious as HIV in humans, for in cats it can be transferred through infected saliva that enters the bloodstream. In fact, in a study that measured statistics of feral cats admitted to TNR programs, over 70% of them were infected with FIV, meaning it is likely that all of my feral cats have it. Again, they're not my cats, but you know what I mean. Considering Graham's prognosis and our two already territorial indoor cats, we simply couldn't risk making him our pet. July 5th. I make my first visit to the Animal Defense League of Arizona to pick up the traps. And similar to trying to locate them on the internet, they aren't actually hiring sign spinners to draw attention to their location. I pick up the traps and follow the instructions in the email they sent me on how to trap the cats and care for them afterwards. Here's the breakdown. Withhold food for two days. On the evening before the surgery, set the trap with something very stinky and tasty, like tuna. Once caught, keep the cat in a quiet space inside the trap, both before and after the surgery. On the evening after, put some food and water in the trap and monitor the cat for post-op issues. The next morning, if all is well, release the cat where you trapped it. Simple as can be, right? Well, maybe the first time. July 6. The first two trappings happened like gangbusters. The little gray kitten, originally called Jennifer Gray, walked right into the trap the moment I put it down. After his surgery, his name changed to Gandalf. Graham was neuter number two as I literally picked him up and put him in the trap myself. I considered domesticating Gandalf, but didn't want to be stuck with him if I couldn't find him a home. I put his picture on social media multiple times with messages saying, free neutered kitten to loving home, and reposted several times but had no takers. The morning after surgery, both boys were released back onto the street. July 20. This time I picked up four traps in hopes of catching Mama and the other three kittens. But as we got closer to the date, one of the kittens was MIA. Considering the temperature for weeks was well over 100 degrees, we fear it had perished and never saw it again. July 21. I put out the first trap and immediately the two remaining black kittens, now named Sancha and Batgirl, go inside at the same time. Fantastic! Two cats in one! But by the time I set the second trap, Mama is long gone. So is everyone else. Looks like they're catching on. I call the spay and neuter hotline to advise them I only caught two cats. Good news though, they were both female. Considering they could have both become pregnant in two more months, I felt a sense of accomplishment. I put their pictures on social media with an even more demanding message. Someone please take one of these precious kittens. I reposted, no replies. The next day, Sancha and Batgirl were released back outside. August 9. While feeding the cats, we notice that Sancha is severely lethargic, shaking, and listing. Considering we had almost two months of triple-digit weather, heat stroke and exposure were likely the cause. We take her in and spend the next few days nursing her back to health. She makes a full recovery and becomes partly domesticated as she realizes she likes to be pet and held. How can we ethically put her back on the street now? Would we be abandoning her at this point? Luckily, in our preparation to leave for a summer vacation, a friend takes her in to watch her for us. 
falls in love with her and decides to keep her. Her name is now Sabina. She is my one domesticated feral cat success story. August 13. I pick up two more traps specifically for Mama and Quattro. August 14. The minute I step outside with the trap, Mama takes off. I leave the trap out all night. August 15, 6 a.m. No cat in the trap. I see Quattro in the bushes and chase him for two blocks with the trap in hand. What am I doing, I thought. I give up on Quattro and make the call of shame to the spay and neuter hotline, letting them know I failed. Two empty traps. October 4th. The next soonest appointment. I pick up one single trap in hopes of catching Mama. This time, I have spent the week getting the cats acclimated to eat inside of a large cat carrier. The goal is to trap Mama in the carrier and then transfer her to the actual trap. October 5th. Here's the sound of my husband and me trying to rig the door on the cat carrier so it can be shut by pulling a string once Mama goes inside. You got the string already? Yep. Okay. Look at them at the door. Okay, back away. And hold this for a minute. All right, everyone. Hold on. Hold on. It just wants to swing. Damn it. You could try putting it the other direction, having the whole face. Well, no, because then we can't be in there to pull it. Okay. Is that your cat? Um, no, I'm trying to actually trap one of them right now. The door keeps swinging. Dang it. Yeah, yeah, it does. Damn honey. it. How do we keep it open? Oh, I don't know. Do you want me to give it a shot? With what? Tying it? I don't know, honey. This clip continues for 11 more minutes while the attempt continues for two hours, during which I am eaten alive by mosquitoes and Mama enters the cat carrier three separate times, but the string isn't strong enough to hold the door and she escapes. I end the evening by putting out the regular trap, just in case, and covering myself in cortisone cream. Within an hour, I captured the neighbor's tabby. By now, my failures have outweighed my successes. I decided the only chance of catching Mama was to reserve the drop trap. I made an appointment to spay Mama on Halloween. This was going to work. October 29, back to the Animal Defense League of Arizona. Hi. I'm here to pick up the drop trap. Yes, Tracy, right? Yes. I'll meet you back there, okay. though. I really hope this works. I really hope it works. <laughs> Pretty much how it would work. Here's your rope, here's your stick. Okay. So you want to put the bait food on, on a bigger plate. On the other the end. You see the cat's group? See the one you're going for, of course. Right. At that point, the one that you want is going to go into that trap. And then at that point, you can lower it down, cat gets caught, and you may have some more cats under here still. Right. But at that point, you just lift up the trap and then they'll run out of it. So. Right. So after getting my drop trap lesson, it occurs to me that this is a two-person job, and I decide to ask my friend Corinne for assistance. She has trapped hundreds of cats and has a large feral colony of her own and has experience using the drop trap on wily cats like Mama. That's the trap that got my kitty, the one that just kept giving out babies. And that cat, she was so smart, and that's the trap that did it. It's like if the smaller ones don't work on the real smart ones, this bigger one totally works. It's just, it's just being patient. There's a lot of patience involved with it. That's something I do not have a lot of, so. Yeah, well, that's what you got me around for. October 30. So sunset is in five minutes, and my friend who was going to help me is 19 minutes late. By the time Corinne arrives, it is almost dark and nearly impossible to distinguish the mama cat from the others. 
We set the trap and I go inside, leaving Corinne to pull the rope as I watch out the window. After about 40 minutes, she signals and we both run towards the trap, only to find that she has caught the wrong cat and the slamming of the trap scared Mama away. We decide to reset the trap in my front yard on the grass and maneuver the rope from my second floor balcony. Another 40 minutes of waiting and we see Mama finally inching her way back towards the trap. Suddenly, for some reason, all the cats quickly scatter, and I see why. A neighbor, whom I have had two altercations with in the past, has once again allowed his German shepherd to run the length of his retractable leash for the purpose of attacking the cats. This is not a free-range park for you to let your dog run, sir. Like I told you, I'm very careful. You are not careful, sir. I just watched you. As I mentioned at the beginning, some people think cats are disposable. This man is one of them. I've watched him smile when the dog charges and the cats panic for their lives. I am furious. Not only because I caught him abusing the cats again, but because he likely ruined our last chance of catching Mama. After the man and his dog leave, hopefully never to be seen again, we decide to try one more time. It takes another half hour or so for cats to start moving in, but finally Mama comes all the way up to the trap. She lets the other cats eat for a few minutes before deciding it was safe. The kittens pop out, Graham goes in, and finally she goes in. Corinne pulls the rope, and boom! Okay, alright, so we finally caught the cat who has eluded me for five months. But now uh, she will finally be spayed, and they will tell me tomorrow when I pick her up if she was already with children. And my job is done. It has been, I want to cry. I almost did not believe it's her in the, in the trap. And now it's over. It's all over. October 31, Halloween. Mama finally gets spayed. Turns out she was not pregnant, but the vet says she was less than a year old, which means that she got pregnant when she was nearly four months old. Despite spaying and neutering five cats, the journey wasn't really over. Every morning and evening, the five-cat colony of Mama, Graham, Gandalf, Slim, and Batgirl follow me around the block like the Pied Piper when I walk the dogs, which eventually caught the attention of the HOA. Tell me again what happened when the uh, HOA lady came to the door. A lady was out walking her dog and she asked if the cats outside our house were ours. I said, yeah, they're a feral pack we're kind of taken care of. She mentioned I guess the other problems that they had with other strays. Like I told her we had already captured and released all the all the cats. And it sterilized them. Right. And um, or she wanted to do a program like that with the HOA. A program with the HOA? Maybe this was the opportunity to expand my efforts and get assistance from the same group I had been fearing all along. November 19. I attend my first ever HOA meeting share my story, and it looks like most of them are already on board. In the days that follow, I meet one-on-one -on -one with HOA members about a TNR implementation plan and tour problem areas in my community with other neighbors willing to help. I have also been encouraged to run for the board in order to provide a majority of votes to have such a program approved. So it appears this tale has a whole new chapter yet to be written. My colony of five cats still walk the dogs with me, and I still feed them in hopes of one day attracting that elusive quattro. But I have graduated from mad cat woman to community organizer. I am no Bob Barker, but we do come from the same school of thought. 
I've always loved animals, and I contributed financially to groups, but I became active. And once you get into this, and you begin to read, and uh, see films, and become aware, many of us are just compelled to try to do something about it. For me, doing something about it now involves educating my community and us working together as a team to help control the pet population, which continues to be the ultimate goal of animal activists across the country who fight to make TNR legal everywhere. Spreading awareness begins with having a conversation, and that is a perfect way to start. Here is an update to the story you just heard. In February 2020, Slim succumbed to FIV and we had to have him put down. A few months later on Mother's Day, when I was out walking the dogs one morning, we found Mama dead on the sidewalk. Likely hit by a car or maybe a coyote. A month later, walking the dogs once more, we found Graham dead across the street. Again, either a car or a dog, a coyote, not sure. We also lost Shy Girl, who was our indoor cat, child, a lot of loss last year. Not just the people, but the animals as well. But shortly after, we acquired Foxy from outside and Mina another kitten a neighbor found in the neighborhood that i just couldn't turn away and now she's teal's cat oh and i'm also on the hoa board so i'm still working to keep the free roaming cat community under control gray and batgirl are the only two remaining kittens from mama's litter and they still come around and we feed them daily and now We've graduated to the point where they actually want to be pet. Well, Gray more than Batgirl, but we'll get there. If there are any further updates to this story, we will happily report them. In the meantime, remember, have your pets spayed or neutered. <laughs>